It's Tuesday, March 5th, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are joined by one of our fantastic staff members, Laura Fletcher, and Laura works with our foster care team as well as our domestic adoption team. And so today we wanted Laura to come in, tell a little bit about herself, but also talk a little bit more about our foster care ministry. Uh, This last year, we were able to train 64 families in Alabama and South Carolina. We have several classes that are currently going on with several families in attendance, nine families that are going through the process in South Carolina currently. And in Birmingham, we have classes at Homewood Church of Christ with 14 families, 14 families at Valleydale Church, and then we have another orientation that's just going on at Evangel Church with six to eight families, and then another one scheduled uh, a couple of weeks ago at Briarwood Presbyterian Church. So we are grateful for the way the Lord is flourishing this foster care ministry and the way that we're able to work in partnership and coordination with the states of Alabama and South Carolina. So as we start, Laura, first, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I know that recently you're engaged, so tell a little bit about your background. Hey, Herbie. Thanks for having me. So I studied human services from Troy University and then studied social work at the University of Alabama. So my background is definitely in, I guess you would say social work or the social services. Um, I love family and friends. I love to go to the movies. I love corny jokes. Can't, you can't go wrong with a corny joke. Um, and then you're right. I am recently engaged and that's something I'm excited about. We get married April and I'm engaged to Reagan Heyman and he is an engineer in Huntsville. So we are excited and sad all at the same time because Laura is going to move to Huntsville uh, as soon as she's married, but that is a gain for our North Alabama team, while it is certainly sad for us here in Birmingham and Central Alabama. And Laura, you work in here in Birmingham, uh, specifically with our foster care families as well as some of our domestic families. Tell us a little bit specifically about what you do. Yeah, so... Um, You said it, I work foster care and domestic adoption. I train and do the home studies for our domestic adoptive parents, and then also walk with them through the waiting and placement stages. So really from application to the placement of a child in their home, which could be a long time, I'm there to encourage and disciple and to walk alongside them. On the flip side with foster care, I recruit and train families for foster care and show them how to partner with DHR and birth families and really share the gospel and love on those children and birth families in foster care and do the home studies for these families plus the training class that they have to go through. Um, And then the cool thing about our foster care program is once that is done and we do the class and the home study, I then get to pass their file on to DHR um, and say DHR they're ready for licensure and Mm. get to see them licensed. Um, and then also support families post-licensure through continuing education and helping equip them with subjects such as sexual abuse or subjects as how to get a substitute caregiver, whatever kind of resources they need to help them along their foster care journey. And in a lot of ways, right, our social workers are preparing, equipping, mm-hmm. walking alongside these families, but we're really their advocates as we partner and they partner mm-hmm. with the state. And just so excited about how the Lord has opened up these doors and how even the state is so encouraged Mm -hmm. by this partnership. We're not here to try to say the state's not doing a good job, but we also know that they're under-resourced and they're they're understaffed. And so as much as we can help 
engage and equip these families. We want to do that as a ministry to the state. Mm -hmm. But also we understand that these Christian families that love the Lord, it's they're going to respond and understand so much better from a Christian worldview yeah. and be prepared from a Christian worldview. But first, talk a little bit about our relationship, specifically your relationship with mm -hmm. the state, with the Department of Human Services, DHR, what that looks like and how we work with them. Okay, so... We uh, have a quarterly meeting with the supervisors of DHR, and that's first how we kind of build that relationship. It gives our supervisors a chance to get on the same page, um, see how we can better serve them. We saw that since our program started in 2009, we could better serve the state and better serve the Lord and our resources in training and equipping Christian families who are centered on the gospel um, and partner them with DHR who need the gospel so bad, just like we do. And so I get a chance to work with licensing workers in Jefferson and Shelby County, um, and they go out on consult visits with me for home studies. We're communicating by phone and email. One of our good friends just retired, so we sent her a retirement card and wished her well. Um, so it's really like this really cool friendship that we get to form and trust that's formed. Um, and I enjoy working with them and seeing their hearts for these kiddos in care as well. Um, because as you know, they are under-resourced and under-staffed, but they really do care. And it's exciting to see the Lord just bridge this gap between mm. agencies and DHR and then families that come alongside mm. who want to foster and who want to pour into DHR mm. and children in care and these birth families. And so thinking about this, I'd love for you to share with us what are ways that we can be praying for the state? Because I know a lot of times when we think about foster care, our mind instantly goes to the children, which is rightfully so. Yeah. The, the kids are yeah. at the center, the ones that need the help. Mm -hmm. But this system is so much bigger. And unfortunately, right, believers, we're, we're a lot of the reason, historically, to blame that the state had to step up in the mm -hmm. way they did because mm -hmm. we objected our role to the state and allowed the state to come in. And so, uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of times our society and even our churches look at the state as the enemy right. or as the bad guy in the story. Right. But a lot of times they're on the front lines, they're going into homes with pickup orders, they're going into harm's way, and they're caring for these kids the best way they know how. So yeah. what are ways that you would encourage people specifically say, here's some ways you can be praying for our state workers and yeah. our states who are in the front lines? I would say one, um, pray for those workers that don't know Jesus Christ and don't have that hope. And then two, pray for those that do know Christ, mm -hmm. but are facing those battles, like you said, every day and are struggling and maybe get backlash from other coworkers. So just pray for perseverance mm -hmm. and just trust in the gospel mm -hmm. and for their faith to increase while they're on the front lines. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God loves families and he wants to see the family together, but Satan doesn't. And so unfortunately the state had to come in because families are broken. And so just pray for the state as they see these broken situations and that they seek wisdom and guidance from the Lord on how to, on how to help these families reunify. Amen. What, what a, what a strong word there too. Cause we know and looking even, <clears throat> I think we miss it sometimes that Satan's first attack, while it was on the relationship between man and God, the instrument with which he attacked was the family. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you look at Genesis 3, and you have the man and the woman both standing there. Mm -hmm. And the command had clearly been given to the man, and he clearly had not allowed the woman to understand the command. They, succ they succumb to that, and the very first attack is the man blaming the woman, the woman blaming the sake, everybody's blaming each other. Yeah. And, and then you see the first two brothers murder 
with murder in their hearts and, and bitterness in their hearts and rage. And so we know that we have an adversary that is against families. And we need the gospel to come to bear. And so we need Christian families to step into these broken places. And I love what you said, with the gospel. We need the gospel. The state needs the gospel. We need to be preaching the gospel in all these situations. And so with that, I think there's so many myths and, and just so many mischaracterizations of foster care. Mm -hmm. um, people get into this and, 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 and they come with even fear and trepidation stepping into this process. Right. So what are some of those myths that you, uh, that you hear at times? And what are some, some of the things you would encourage us that would dispel some of these myths, rumors, and even fears going into foster care? I would say the first fear that I hear a lot is, so you're asking me to take this child into my home, love them, be their parent, and then give them back? Mm. And that is exactly what we're wanting you, wanting you to do. These, these children need a safe place. Mm and people who can pour into them and show them that love while their parents are trying to rehabilitate. Mm -hmm. And even though it's hard, we are ministers of reconciliation, and we mm -hmm. want to see this reconciliation happen mm -hmm. with these children and their families. And, and it's not natural at all, but mm -hmm. it's supernatural. And so with Christ as your forefront and your main goal, mm -hmm. these kids are going to be better for it through your love of Jesus and through you loving them because of what Christ did for you. Um, and. And I love the stories of families who go into it thinking, how can I give them up? But then they end up building this mentor, even friendship with the birth family. And yet they still have that contact once the child goes home. So there is hope in that. And I know it's scary, but it's definitely doable with Christ and it can happen. I would say the next myth that I hear a lot um, is that the birth family doesn't love their children. Children come into care for all sorts of reasons. Um, death, hospitalization, homelessness, whichever. And it's not because these birth parents aren't trying. Of mm. course, there's always those cases where you might hear that. Um, and I'm not saying that's not true. But more often than not, these birth families love their kids and they want to see them home. Mm. And on the flip side, the kids are scared to be in your home. Mm. You think you're saving them and it's good, and but you're a new face to them. This is a total environment that they're not used to. I think coming at them with the grace of Christ and remembering that they're not excited to be in your home is going to help you love them even better and help you build that attachment at first. Um, and foster care is not about you. I, I don't want to be <laughs> negative Nancy or anything, but second Corinthians reminds us of what Christ did for us by reconciling us to God through Christ. And he had to suffer for that. And unfortunately foster care can bring some suffering, but it's also beautiful and such an awesome picture of the gospel. So when you go into it, Go into it for Christ. Go into it for the gospel. Don't go into it to fill a void in your in your heart or your home. Mm. Um, because unfortunately, there's brokenness. We're sinful people. Mm. And it can get messy. Mm. It really can. So go into it expecting the mess, but also trusting that the Lord's got this and he's mm. going to be with you along the way. Um, and I think those are the big mm. main myths that, that need to be dispelled today. And I, I love what you said at the very beginning, and even as you ended here too, talking about the ministry of reconciliation. And you mentioned Second Corinthians 5, that we've been given this ministry of reconciliation just like Christ mm -hmm. had this ministry of reconciliation. And I love the picture of the gospel and adoption, but I think we miss a lot of times really even a more clear picture of the, of the gospel and foster care, mm -hmm. right? Because here these families are entering into the trauma, the hurt, mm -hmm. the fear of a child. So a lot of the, even the myths and the fears that families are coming with are those same fears that these children are coming with. And, and, and if we're honest, a lot of times as people, we don't like 
things that take away our comfort. For but sure. we have kids that are hurting there in no comfort. Right. And it's hard to step into someone else's sorrow and grief. But if you think about it, when you're in sorrow and grief, you're not looking for someone to come and make you laugh. You're not looking for someone to come and try to just fix it. Yeah. You're really looking for someone to step into your grief and sit there with you. Yeah. Um, I think about, you know, even right now in my, my Bible reading, I'm going through the book of Job. And a lot of times when we read through the book of Job, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Job is just sitting there in his hurt and in his misery and in his pain. And these three friends come and try to preach at him. And you really, what you hear Job say is, I just want you to come sit with me and be present with me. And that's what we're being called to in reconciliation with these kids is to come and say, come sit with them in their hurt. And so just like you don't want and, and you fear these kids coming into your home and then being taken out of your home. And even though that's a scary thing, what you don't realize is those are a lot of the same emotions that these children are going through. And, and we need mm-hmm. families that are willing to come alongside and say, I'm going to sit in the hurt with yeah. these children because that's healing. And I love what you say too. You're, you're, you're preparing a Rolodex, a future Rolodex mm-hmm. and a future memories that you're sending with this child that they can, they can latch on to something to say, Hey, I saw God working in that. Yeah. So, um, just to go back with what you said on just sitting with them. I mean, Jesus was called a man of sorrows, and he entered into our sinfulness and our ugliness and our grief. And because of what he did, 2 Corinthians 1 tells us and reminds us we can comfort others because we've been comforted. And that is exactly the point of foster care, is to comfort those who are just distraught and in trauma and who are hurting. Um, so it's, you're right, it's just this awesome picture of the gospel. Yeah. It is. Um, man, I, I love, yeah, <clears throat> I remember... Uh, Ashley and I, when we first actually got married, that was one of the books that we walked through was Second Corinthians. And my sweet wife has had hurt and things in her background growing up. And it's been neat even to see the way that the Lord has brought people into her path that have experienced, maybe not the exact same hurt, but have experienced similar hurt. Mm-hmm. And so God is preparing these foster families. Mm-hmm. He's comforted them. He's shown his comfort for them to step into a place where a family, and not just a family, but a birth family, yeah. needs that comfort. Yeah. And in God's great economy, by God's grace, maybe one day these children and these families will be those that comfort someone else in the gospel. So I love that so much. Um, these foster families, you guys, like they're either planting seeds or watering the seeds of course Mm -hmm. god brings about the fruit he brings about the product but they can be a part of sending these kids with the gospel and Mm -hmm. no matter where they are in life as long as they have christ they're Mm going to be okay that's right and so that's a great place for us to to even close right so we talked about these myths but we're really going into this hope Mm -hmm. so what's the hope or encouragement you would give both to those that are in the midst of fostering right now Mm -hmm. but also those who are wrestling with a call to enter into foster care? Well, first to those who are in it, keep going. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard, but the Lord is with you in that, Mm -hmm. and he has promised to never leave you or forsake you. Mm -hmm. You have a church community, you have friends, you Mm -hmm. have Lifeline, you have other agencies, even your DHR workers. Mm -hmm. God has placed those people in your lives to be a support, so please lean on them. Mm -hmm. We are not meant to do it alone, and God has called us to have community Mm -hmm. with one another. And two, for those figuring out if this is the call or not, really just check your motives. Mm. You know, like, is the gospel 
the center? And if so, then come on, because mm-hmm. we need you. There are mm-hmm. so many kids that need safe and loving homes and people who will pour into them and their birth families. Um, and even if it's not for you, there are so many other ways to get involved. Mm-hmm. You can, one, be prayer warriors for the foster care system. Two, you can provide luncheons for social workers mm-hmm. at the state, build relationships with them and love on them because it's a hard job. Mm-hmm. Or three, um, get your church involved in wrapping around foster families in your church currently. So there are plenty of opportunities to get involved, even if it's not specifically foster parenting. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. And just even as we close, and I know that you've enjoyed hearing Laura's heart for the foster care system. And uh, again, we're just so blessed to have Laura on our team and and others like Laura on our team who aren't just here because this is a job, but are here because it's a calling on their lives. And so even Laura and now Reagan have answered the call to foster care because Laura is ministering here to foster families. Mm -hmm. Who knows what they may do one day with their family. (laughs) Uh, But also just as we close, I love what 2 Corinthians 5 says, Mm -hmm. for our sake, verse 21, he, Jesus, Made, or he God made him Jesus to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God is that not a picture of foster care that we're stepping into the sorrow mm-hmm. like we who have no sorrow who have an intact family mm-hmm. who have the love of a family are stepping into brokenness yeah. in order that that brokenness may see the wholeness of the gospel yeah. and so that's our call that's the call of being a minister of reconciliation in foster care and I think we would be remiss that certainly we want permanence for these kids but if permanence through adoption is not what the Lord has for these children we need godly Christian families who are gonna step aside and beside these families and beside these children to show them the hope of the gospel amen well Laura thank you for what you do and thank you for sharing your heart and just in closing uh, as a to, to end in a personal note, what? how did the Lord bring you and call you here to Lifeline? Honestly, I, I laugh and I say Google. <laughs> but no, there was a girl, Tessa Bailey, who I went to grad school with, and I first heard Lifeline through her. Mm. And so from there, I Googled and I found out how this was not just a social service agency, mm. but a ministry. Mm. And knowing that I wanted to minister and serve the Lord in this way. He called me to Lifeline, and I now have this opportunity to work with awesome families who adopt and do foster care and just share the gospel with birth families, birth mothers, whoever is in their path. Amen. Well, if you are interested in getting more engaged with our foster care team, learning how you can be a foster family, or learning how you can come and wrap around foster families. You don't have to just be in Alabama or South Carolina. We would love to be able to connect you with other resources in other states so that you can use your family, use your life, and use your resources to wrap around children in foster care and their family. So you can always get in touch with us at info at lifelinechild.org or call us at our main number, 205-967-0811. We would love nothing more than point you in the direction of how you can get engaged in foster care. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.